You're listening to the Empowering Process Podcast with your host, Gail Kraft. Listen as she holds frank discussions around how your purpose, being present, and trusting your power impacts your life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, leader, or developing your vision, you'll find wisdom and insights you can utilize right now. Welcome your host, Gail Kraft. Well, hello, everybody. This is Gail Kraft from the Empowering Process podcast. And I have with me a kind of amazing man. His name is Asaf, but we're going to call him Ace. And I am not even going to try your last name. So want to do that for me? Mengelgreen. There you go. Mengelgreen. I got it. I apologize. (laughs) Not a problem. And we we're having an amazing conversation before we got started here. And so I said, wait, 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 we we need to record this. This is just so beautiful. And we're talking about the lies that we have all bought into. And if any of you are following me at all, you know that I frequently talk about the lies. So Ace, welcome to the Empowering Process Thank podcast. You. Thank you. So, so yeah. Oh my God, it's just, it's just so great. So um, I first want to just kind of touch base on um, what happened to you that you decided to get curious about what is truth after all? Well, uh, well, when you realize that life isn't working out the way you thought it would, and for me, it was at the age of 40 when I was born to myself. I like to say I was born in 75 to my parents, but in 2015, I was born to myself. Uh, That was when I hit my bottom. That's when everything and everything I had tried failed. And it all came to a head. And the fundamental error was me, that I was not seeking my own truth. And I was following the expectations of others, primarily my parents coming from a Jewish family where things were very strict. And of course, society and all this programming that we've got going on. And, and it didn't work. And it failed, it failed me miserably, which resulted in a divorce and financial failures, social failures. And I came to that fork in the road, that proverbial fork in the road, where either I was going to start living or end my life. And I chose to start living because I had two little boys and my parents who love me. And that's where I needed, I didn't know, I, I didn't know where to begin, but I knew I needed to begin somewhere. So I had to educate myself. And what I did was I began to read. I read a lot, a lot about personal growth and development, a lot about spiritualism, about the Kabbalah, about the sciences, because I have a science background, just about uh, how humans socially function, social experiments, which I found to be fascinating. And I did this for a good year or two consistently. And in the process, I realized I want to become a speaker and I wanted to pass this knowledge because I enjoy speaking. And and one thing I've learned in the Kabbalah, it is receiving for the sake of sharing. We have to be selfless and we must share. And my way to share everything that I learn is by speaking to you and to your audience and by writing the book that I'm, I'm putting out and by speaking through different organizations. And this all was starting to, to learn who I am and what my purpose is and reading uh, and learning a lot 
by those who were far smarter and greater from way back then and current today and, and gleaming off of their wisdom and then reinterpreting it in a way that made sense to me and, and was woven within my life story so I could share it with others. Because as I've learned through the Toastmaster organization, stories sell, facts tell. So I, I, my story has its place in it. But really, the bigger story is this greater truth that has been around since the beginning of time. Uh, and it's unfortunately been masked with a lot of lies and propaganda and what have you for all sorts of reasons, none of which are to benefit you and I and our audience, unfortunately. And and that is so true. And um, one of the things I mentioned earlier is that I've been on an intentional quest to uncover lies, mm. right? And I'm I'm a soul realignment practitioner. And in that process for myself, I discovered my soul blueprint includes truth. I am compelled. I cannot tell you a lie. I, I physically cannot do it. I am truth. And I'll tell you, at the age of seven or eight, I can remember, you know, I grew up in the streets of Boston. I can remember walking around the neighborhood thinking, I'm not from here. This is not real. This is my dream state. I want to go back home. Mm -hmm. Right? And I had no one I could talk to to help me understand what awareness was just hitting me at that point. Mm -hmm. Right? And and so what do we do is we we bury it, right? We we pretend it's not happening and there are so many other things that I buried because society would go you're you're in fact I've been called a witch by my own sister right (laughs) (laughs) because of the the things that I am capable of doing um and it's not magic it's who we are and when we start to step into the truth of who we are magic happens what we consider magic because we can't scientifically yet explain it. Quantum physics is getting there. Slowly but surely. Yes. Yeah, that's that's right. Interesting you say that when you, you were young, how you identified as not, uh, you know, of where you were. I had something similar when I was young, this reoccurring feeling that I did not belong. And I know a lot of young children feel that they don't belong you know we could label it generically as an outcast but children that's not what it is that that's the layman's safe word oh that's just an outcast maybe that's not an outcast maybe that's a child who's truly more in touch with source and they just don't understand this disassociation from where they really are the present reality if we can call it that and what's they really feel intuitively inside. For many years as a child, I felt that I didn't belong. I have journal entries when I was in fifth grade saying, you know, I am wood, uh, girls are metal, we don't get, and all the, there was so such a theme of me not belonging. Uh, and so many years later, uh, you know, I look back and God, I, I think I had it right back then. We did. 
you know, I did, you did, and a lot of children do. But parents who have already been washed over with all the challenges of life don't often promote those, those, that sense that we have as children, that sixth sense, if you will. Uh, and, and it's obviously uh, we don't want to label our children as weirdos or anything like that. So we, we tend to shun these things and mask it with rules and, and authority and all sorts of things like that. And eventually kids grow up and it kind of gets put in the back of their minds, but you end up growing handicapped as I did up until my rebirth. Mm-hmm. And eventually you have, call it a midlife crisis or a come to Jesus moment where you realize, oh shit, you know, this is, what kind, of, what kind of life have I been living? Because this, this cannot be it. This isn't this, working. This cannot be it. And, and, and what's frightening, I think, to, to some people who aren't ready to face the reality of mm-hmm. who and what we are, that means that my house doesn't matter. My Mercedes doesn't matter. My, uh, VPU position doesn't matter. Well, that's true. It doesn't matter. It's something that you manifested, and that's beautiful that you manifested that. But in the scheme of things, it doesn't matter at all. If it was taken away, so so for example, today's in you and, and I, how we got here today is a perfect example. You've got stitches in your mouth. You're barely able to talk. I lost electricity. I have wires running and cords running in order to get juice so that we can have this conversation, right? And life happens. And if we have a desire, then we shift to address the need that we're looking for. When we are hung on, hang on to the falseness of our belief, we, we're not able to adjust, right? We're not able to change, right? The fear of losing losing what we have. I have a, a sister who literally said to me, I had a conversation with her about life is changing and yes, things are happening and they're happening faster and faster and faster. You really need to get in tune with who you are. Um, just, and she said, yeah, I'm just going to stay in my little world. I just can't handle that. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what the how the world is going to change, but I'm just going to stay in my little world. And, yeah. and I'm like, okay. Yeah. How's that working for her? Not really cool. <laughs> you know, that but it's her little, comfort. But that little world gets smaller and smaller. Oh, it's so small. Yeah, because life keeps happening. And you look around and you see others who do see the light and, you know, do progress and your world becomes smaller and smaller until it collapses. That's what happened to me. It was the breaking point. It got so small that it it was at that point, it wasn't worth living anymore. And that was the choice I had to make. I knew that that ACE 1.0 was going to be killed. I I was either. One way or another. One way or another, ACE 1.0 was dead and dying at the age of 40. And, and I chose to kill and then be reborn versus just kill and that's it. Oh, well, let's talk about that because that's what's going on right now. Uh, a, lo- a lot of people are feeling anxious, anger. Things are coming up. But people who are just on this journey have a lot of cleansing to do and they're, they're being faced with their past. And it's like a death. I had... 
a spiritualist tell me in December, he goes, you're going to go through a death right now, Gail, because I went through it before this time. It's just your life passing before you. It's just so that you can release whatever's left. Mm. And that's what's happening. As things come up, you have a choice of hanging on to your old story and replaying it or saying, well, geez, that happened when I was eight and I'm 58 now. I think we'll let that go. Mm. Right. And you have a choice of letting it go or hanging on. And if you hang on, you, you're you not going to grow. You're not going to expand. You cannot with that weight. And so we're being given the opportunity to face the lies, to face the stories and say that, man, that is just a story, just a story. Um, I'll give you another example. And then I want, I want to hear your thoughts on it because I know your head is turning like crazy right now. <laughs> I can see it. Um, so I, I had someone call me um, about an interaction with their boyfriend. And, um, you know, every time, you know, I, I think I have to have a conversation with him about how he addresses my son. You know, she's divorced and her son has, you know, is driving age, but doesn't have a car. Her ex promised to get him a car and hasn't. And so that means they're carting him around or lending him a car or whatever. So he had the father's car and had to return the car, which meant she had to go with him to bring him back, right? Well, her boyfriend was around that night, which meant he would have to come. And he was, you know, right, had this attitude about it. And so I said, well, I look at this, and this is what I mean about a lie. Look at things from a bunch of different perspectives. My perspective of that situation is different. I said, this has nothing to do with your son. You have a drama going on with your ex. Well, you always are the one picking up after him because you're concerned about your son. Well, now you're in a relationship. And every time that you have to drop things and pick things up, it impacts your relationship. So his issue is not your son. His issue is your relationship with your ex. And she went, oh. My goodness, never even thought to look at it that way. And that's what happens with our lies. We buy them, buy the the stories, hook, line, and sinker, and never ask, well, is there another perspective? Is there something else going on here? Maybe. What if if this wasn't true? What if I changed the story? Right? What's the one thing we are pretending not to know, my friend? That's right. Thank you. What are you pretending not to know? No, to think you have had this problem. I love that question. Because <laughs> it's not such a stretch of the imagination to think, well, maybe my issue is, you know, with with uh, with her, you know, with my my that significant other. I mean, right. Uh, but again, there are layers that are put on us and and they manipulate our ability to see reason, to use our reason. Um, and, and it's not for our, our betterment. And, and we tend to then take it out in, on, on other people, if not ourselves, mm-hmm. we take it out on other people. And I noticed that too. I mean, I'm divorced 10 years now. And uh, the first five years of it was not simple with my ex. And if uh, I had issues with her, it would immediately funnel and translate into my children and my ability to parent. To this day, uh, if not just in anything in my personal or private life, professional life, if it irritates me, 
I my I become a jerk to my children and I, I can cognitively get ahead of it because I've been there so many times and I have to stop myself and realize, whoa, stop. You know, this is they are not the issue. You know, so and so upset you. And right now you are driven by impulse and certain desires to satisfy the ego. And the Kabbalah talks a lot about the ego, how bad the ego, you know, serves only its self-interest. Uh, and you know, you have to get ahead of yourself cognitively because our our bodies are animalistic and they have certain functions that call it through nature and evolution and survival, make us behave in certain ways. But then flip to the other side that we are also living in a society and we have to function together. And we're also spirits that have a certain desire and that yin and yang, the plus and the minus, right? And then in the center is the will, our willpower to make those decisions, to see those sides. Uh, the enlightened can step out of themselves and see things from, from above or from the side and not let the animal take over, not let the ego take over, not let the programming take over. It's not so easy to do that. And, and you know, when that switch flips, when I was reborn, when people have that come to Jesus moment, the switch is instantaneous. But for that new light to turn on, you know, the speed of light is all relative and is only there created to give time for us to think. The Kabbalah speaks of that. It can take years for that light to hit you, even though you flip that switch, you know, at this moment. This is a long process. It is always a work in process. I think to be ultimately enlightened is to be instantaneous at any moment to anything uh, and, and, and not be seduced by the wrong programming, by our animalistic biology, uh, which even now I am not perfect by any means, but I am certainly light years from where I was. and. Um, and that still is a process that I work on, um, and which we we all work on. And yeah. and I will say that um, you know this 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 saying "be here now," right, mm -hmm. um, comes to mind so frequently uh, right now. And it's easier said than done. But it's about that awareness that you you were talking about that awareness that observe yourself and ask yourself, okay, I am. It, my body is feeling an emotion. Right. My body is being triggered. So what if I take that emotion and maybe it's a ball, maybe it's a glass, maybe it's a ruler, I don't know, take that emotion out and look at it and say, well, you're there and I'm here now. What story am I, am I writing without the emotion in my body? Mm -hmm. Ooh, it's a different, it's a different story. Mm. right right and oftentimes the story that's truly happening in this moment has nothing to do with the emotion that you just were able to take out of the mix if you will now i'm i'm not saying that the hurt child doesn't need to be um acknowledged Right, and I'm not saying don't acknowledge your pain because that's that's like ignoring yourself, right? That's still ignoring yourself. Right. 
right? And it's still pushing down and you're just rooting it some more if you push it down and you're feeding it fodder, right? But it is really observing it and saying, so this happened when I was eight. It didn't just happen now. So, okay, so acknowledge this happened when I was eight and I feel this way about it, but that has nothing to do with what's going on in this moment. Right. Right. And it's a way for us to learn to keep our history as history. Acknowledge that, yes, I'm who I am because I had these experiences and thank you for the good and, and the tough ones. The tougher the experience, the bigger the growth, right? You, you use the word story. Uh, we, you use the word history. You know, culture is really the story that we tell each other. That is culture. Yep. And throughout history, you know, our, our culture has been the stories that we tell each other. And too often, we are not telling one another the right stories. And that affects the culture. We do need to acknowledge those that are hurting uh, because they're usually lost. Uh, so they need both comfort, but they also need a form of realism uh, to, to snap them out of it. And, and they are in a good state to receive because when someone is hurt and vulnerable, they are more accessible. You know, they say with good times come good friends, you know, but when it rains, it, it pours. So you really want to know who somebody is. Times need to get tough. And if you've got a friend who's doing amazing, but they're they're certainly uh, not enlightened and they're in the dark on many things, but if they're doing well in life by their standards and by standards of the many, you can't talk to them. You know, they're, they are on a roll and they're living it up and th there's no entry point to access them with any kind of new knowledge. Somebody who is vulnerable usually is weakened enough where the walls can come down a bit and together with comfort and wisdom you can access them and that is why some of the greatest of everything that takes place comes from a point of challenges from misery from heartache uh, as a musician the greatest music i can write is in my lowest points in life um, why is that why? It's because that's when your ego is at most in check. Right. And when the ego is in check or currently booted out of your being, then the light comes out. And that's when, when you're in the zone, right? Right. And, and this magic comes through you that you can't even expect. It, when I was, when my marriage was ending, before I left the home, this is 10 years ago, I had all of a sudden this, this flood of creative juices that came through me. And I wrote like four or five songs within days. And those songs were predicting my future. One talked about where I was then. One made perfect sense a year and a half later. One, four years later. One, like now is coming to light. But only in my lowest points where all my ego is out. And I'm not going to say give up. But when I surrender to the universe, that's when the universe says, ah, thank you. Here you go. And because that's the, the universe, right? Go ahead. That's the phrase, let go and be free. 
Right, because that greatness, what, what was I saying er, earlier that Kabbalist Rav Burke said? He said, rather than chase after the light, we must find and identify all the curtains that conceal the light that is always there. Right. But if you don't stop for a moment to realize all of those curtains that are there, you're never going to notice that light. And, and all of these layers that we're talking about, the theme of this conversation, these layers of lies that we want to peel back, these are all the curtains. And a lot of it is, is propelled and in, in th thriving within our own ego. Uh, and, and we need to get ahead of that to, to, to be able to remove those curtains. And one way is when we're really hurt and suffering. That is a great way to check yourself is when you're down right. and out because, because that's otherwise when you're there. You're just, how did i get here right right you know i can and and i've been there a few times right um for various reasons and for various lessons right um i can and can honestly say that at this point in my life i when i realize that ego is is there you know ego is part of who i am so i don't discount ego. Ego is definitely here for a purpose, but ego is not the boss, right? So, be, yeah. right. So, but usually it is. So when, when I, when I am reacting versus responding, I will check and say, okay, ego, thank you very much for your input. I will take it in consideration. You can now get out of the decision-making process. Right right? It's just a point of data. It's not all of the data. And then step back and observe. I like to tell my clients, pretend that you're a reporter and you're watching the event of your life play out. What mm -hmm. would that reporter who has no emotional attachment to what's happening, no expectations, no judgment of the people, what would they say is happening? Different story. Yeah, you have to be a, a professional, right? You have to be a professional of your own life. And a professional doesn't get emotional and, and they don't bring their opinion into it. A true reporter, which we don't have so many nowadays, a journalist, right. doesn't bring their side of it. We don't care about it. They're there to report on the facts. Yep. And only the facts on, on every side of the story. Right. I could I can remember telling someone about a client and again I no names but I was talking about how we went through the process of getting his values out so that we were sure that he was making choices around his personal values and one of his values is in his workplace he wants good looking women around him that's important to him and this person said well that's shallow I said, it's none of my business what's my, a value of my clients. I don't care. This was important to him. So we put it on the list. It was something for him to check off. None of my business what he likes and doesn't like, nor is it any of my business what you like. Right. And right? that's ego. And that's ego that says that. Right. 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 Um, and that's judgment and that's expectations. Right. Um, and and the thing is, you know, again, the the Kabbalah is going to tell you judgment is part of of what we do, of who we are. In order to make choices, we can't free will can't make a choice if we can't judge. 
versus right. being judgmental. Right. Being the judge, balancing the scales, right? And understanding all of the universal laws. The universal law of polarity is my favorite. Can't have up without down. You can't have black without white. You can't have good times without bad. Correct. You cannot. Now, if you're living forever in the bad times, you're still living on the good time line of polarity. You're just at that end of it. You're not at the other end of it. So what small step can you make to go to the other end? Just start going up the other end of the, the timeline. Don't, don't stay stuck there. It's your choice, right? And again, Ident yeah. identify the curtains, right? Yeah. <laughs> the curtains. Right. That's right. And people uh, are looking for the magic pill, the magic mm. bullet, uh, because that seems to be the easy way. But that's not the way. The way is identify the curtains. What is handicapping you that's preventing you from going from the negative to the positive? Ah, okay. Well, we don't want to go there now because now we're really going to start nitpicking at your faults. And people don't want to do that. Or, or they're so attached to other people's opinions. Oh, yes. It's mm. other people's judgments. I, I, I had a woman who almost did a podcast with me. And I said to her, I said, I love your story, but there's a root to why you made these choices. And the root of the story is really what's important to people for people to hear. And she says, I can't, I can't tell that story. It would hurt my mother's feelings. Well, that, that is living yeah. to other people's expectations. Right. Uh, one of and you and you never win that game. No, no, you don't because you're not living true to you. Mm -hmm. you're, it, it's it's a, a it's a false premise. Uh, I I I really feel sorry for those kind of people that stick to that because not only is she letting herself down, she's even letting her mother down. You know, assuming she's alive and watching down wherever she is. We are all here supposed to be as individuals. We are all unique in our own ways. But if we prevent us from being who we are because we don't want to offend someone or to, to let someone down, someone dear to us, it is, it is not only an injustice to us and to them, but to this world and universe. Because all of us, you know, there again, Kabbalah, there's a plus and minus. And if all of us can be in the positive, we really ultimately hit this ascension where we truly all become something greater, whatever that thing is. We cannot do that if we tie ourselves to other people's expectations. That is extremely unhealthy. You know, I like to say the greatest speech ever told is the one I've never told, because that is the deepest thing that I have not shared. Uh, and people need to be able to, to go to that deepest, deepest thing and bring that out. Someone that needs is, to hear it. Someone needs to hear it. The, that person themselves needs to hear it. It needs to come out of them. You know, when we talked the other day, my first step to beginning to love myself, what to beginning to stop hating myself was to face myself in the mirror. Yes. And people don't do that because they don't want to say the things that need to be said. 
And the, the safest place you can do it is on your own in front of the mirror. And as easy as that is, it's still extremely hard. And, and it's just you in the mirror. But most people won't do that. Here's another take on it. Forget the mirror. Sit down and write down your own eulogy. Write yeah. down your own eulogy. I, I, I proposed that in the newsletter and one person came to me. She's like, I, I can't do that. I, I just, I'm not ready. And this was an older woman. I said, really? I said, well, you know, when you are ready, let me know. Or, and if you can't write it down, why don't you ask your friend to write down your eulogy? What would they say about you? Because right? that, that is, again, a come to Jesus moment where you, you have to face the reality of who am I? What is my legacy? What am I really about? Do I like me? Am I, am I, am I fucking up somewhere? Well, I, it, and honestly, Ace, this whole journey that I'm on started because I couldn't stand who I saw in the mirror. Agreed. You know, I looked in the mirror one day and I literally said, if I can't stand you, I'm surprised you have any friends. How can mm -hmm. anyone else stand you if I can't? Something's going to change and it's going to start now. Yeah, when you're sick and tired of your own bullshit, yeah. change begins to happen. Right. But a lot of people don't get, don't get there because they they won't let themselves get there because they know what'll happen. They'll they'll have to confront themselves, and it won't be pretty. And when I confronted myself in front of the mirror, it wasn't pretty, and it was weeks that I would yell at myself in the mirror. Mm -hmm. I learned this from somewhere I don't remember. And every morning I would get in front of the mirror and I'd look at this man in the mirror who I despised because I thought he was a loser and a failure and nothing worthy. And the, the worst things I could say that came out of my belly came out in a, in a yell. And I would yell 30, 45 seconds at the top of my lungs until my throat would hurt. And then the next day I would do it again and then again and again. And I did this for weeks. And then one day, this was the beginning of the switch. I looked at this man in the mirror and I felt something different. And we're going to talk about feelings because feelings is huge. I felt sympathy for the man in the mirror. At that day, I didn't want to yell at him anymore. And that was the beginning of stopping to hate myself. Loving didn't happen for at least four years, probably after. Right. That. Right. But the hate began to end that day. I didn't need to yell at me anymore. Mm -hmm. Now I could look at myself in the mirror and say, okay, what are we going to do about this? And that was the turning point. But it wasn't like a snap of the fingers and, oh, we're all good. And, you know, one little session. No, it was weeks and weeks of berating myself. So who's ever on that precipice of, are they ready to face themselves? Just know this. It's a process. It could take days, weeks, and months. But I promise you that on the other side of it, the, that that loath self-loathing you have will diminish and go away, which will then create space for love to enter. You still have to work for that. And there's a process and tools and mythology, but you have to create space in order for something new to have. It's like a habit. You can't just go cold turkey without swapping in one habit for another, because then there'll be a vacuum. And we don't do well in vacuums, because if we have vacuum, trust us, someone will plug that vacuum in with something to benefit them and not you. And that's a promise. 
that's an absolute promise and absolute promise. And it, and, you know, we've danced around the lies. We've not been specific about the lies. Um, there's, there's so many, I, I, and I will tell you this past Christmas, I'm going to tell you about one lie that I was like, Oh my goodness, there it is. Um, I went with some family members to, um, a, to a, a Christian ceremony for Christmas. Now I'm Jewish, so you know I go because it's kind of fun. They sing and they light candles and all this kind of. No, stuff. I love Christmas. Yeah. So the pastor that's talking about right now we're in the middle of dark times, and we were, and he was right because we're coming. We were coming through to this. We're now getting ready to ascend. Right, it's very dark times because the the garbage is coming up for us to address. And we, yeah, he's he's right. But everything he said after that was a lie. Hmm. There's only one way forward. You have to wrap yourself around Jesus, hmm. and the, you know, the only thing that's the only thing that's going to heal you. Yada yada yada. I'm like, no. I was taught there's more than one road to Mecca. Right. So there's more than one way. To, to to get to heaven, if you will. Um, and yes, these are dark times. And the only way to heal is to look at yourself in the mirror and heal. Right. You can call on Jesus if you want. Sure. You can call on, you know, Buddha. You can call on, you know, anyone, any energy if you want, if you need to for assistance. Right. But bottom line, it's you in the mirror. And that's where they lose me. You know, when they go there, I, you hit the nail on the head. Huh? Mm -hmm. When they like that one, that one, that one solution, you know, and, and this is the way. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. That's where you lost me. Sorry. You know, and, you know, the Kabbalah even says religion is man-made. Yes. That is the religion is man-made version of the higher wisdom that exists. You know, the Kabbalah is spiritualistic. It's not a religion. Uh, people think it is, but it isn't, and it doesn't preach anything about religion. And it even says that 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 you know there was nothing ordained by God saying that you must have religion on this earth. That was not in in the in the programming. That that's something that man made up. And we can right. talk about what we said earlier. You know, the hundred and fifty people rule. Right. If you want to be able to control a large group of people, they must subscribe to a certain thing and. And and what uh, that uh, pastor, whoever was said, well, what he said, you know, that that stems from that. Right. And that was that programming. Um, and I don't buy into it. But look, millions and millions of people do. And it does uh, keep a lot of people in line. So, uh, you know, there are some benefits to these lies, because otherwise people might be more lost and prone to doing more terrible things. And that's maybe this dichotomy of how, how you handle these lies. Some of it is necessary. Because not everybody's ready to be unplugged, uh, you know. So uh, it's a it, it's a fine line. I think the Kabbalah does it well because it doesn't preach this like single dim type of mindset. No, it is much larger, uh, and, and it's a growing trend. Thank goodness. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. That's where I would be lost too. Right. Uh, but I, I could see, but I understand why that would be said. And I can understand why that person would say it again. It's, uh, you know, we have the awareness. Uh, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And and I can I can pull the nuggets out from such conversations and just let the rest aside because again ego, right? Ego gets in the way, and, and ego will will say, "Oh man, that, that's a liar." I'm not listening. No, no, no. That's I get it, and you know he's just still human, and mm-hmm. we all. And this and this is his story that he exactly. right, and and again, here's the judgment thing. There's no, and there was no judgment in in any of that. It was my, oh well, there's a lie, and I, and it was at that moment that I could see the nugget of truth right. in the middle of the lies that we've been fed. It was at that moment that I became aware of. This is how we bought into the lies because I'm like, how did we do that? This is how, because there's enough truth that we, we will say, yes, it is dark times. And, and now you're feeding me the lies, but I just said a yes. And psychology will tell you that if you can get a yes, you pretty much can bring that person along. Marketing 101, identify right? a common problem and then offer some bullshit solution for uh, $19.99, buy one, get one free, order now, limited supply. Oh, and you know what? If you get on my membership, right? And every month I'll give you a new tool because if That's that it. one doesn't work, the next one will. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, that, and, and look, and it works. Mm-hmm. It works. It does. Um, look, most people aren't ready to be unplugged. Um, uh, but uh, you and I and people like us need to continue to share in this wisdom. I think that is our calling. Uh, I think when we are gifted this awareness, we must pay it forward. Uh, you know, again, the Kabbalah says, you know, that there is receiving, which is selfish, but you could receive for the sake of sharing. There's a really good story, a fable that's told in those circles, the Meisner, I think it's called. And so you've got this very wealthy Scrooge type man. He's not a good man, but very wealthy. And he leaves his office one day and there's this homeless man sitting there on, on, the, on the floor. And he throws at him like whatever, a few nickels his way and without much care. And the man takes the coins, the poor man, and comes up to him, sir, sir, and gives him the, the money back. He says, thank you, but I cannot accept this. I've accepted my fate. I will make my own way. And this uh, rich man is stunned. Like, God, who, who is this guy? He says, no, no, no. He says, no, you, you take it. The poor man, no, 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 I cannot, but thank you. Now the rich man is, is offended. And he takes out his checkbook and writes this fat check to the man. And, and he says, you take this now. And he holds his check and he says, thank you, sir. I, I really appreciate your kindness, but I, I cannot take this. I will find my own way and gives him back the check. And in that moment, the, this rich, angry man all of a sudden feels embarrassed and, and humbled at the same time and feels, feels that, that he has made a wrong in his life. And in that same moment, the poor man notices this switch in this rich man and says, sir, I've had a change of mind. I will accept your kindness and I very much appreciate what you are doing for me. And the lesson is this, because in that exchange, at the very end, it was two winners. Both were in a position to share. In the beginning, it was a wealthy man who cared little for this other man and threw money his way. Had that man accepted the money, he would have been selfish because he would have received without sharing. 
because that other man would have received no joy from it. So he did not accept. But only when the rich man was able to see the error in his ways, did the poor man give him the opportunity to give with joy and receive something in return. And that is very interesting, the, the with joy thing. And we do have to um, cut this short. Um, joy is who I am. So I've had many spiritual readings and been told that that is, when we talk about source and energetic source, mm-hmm. that that's who I am. And that is real. I mean, if I'm not having, I call it delicious. If it's not delicious, mm-hmm. then I don't want to do it, right? It's It's got to be delicious, right? And part of being delicious, and you're right, is in the giving. As a, as a leader, my joy as a leader was watching what I could do for my staff, for my team, to help them grow and achieve. We, we had flow, because I have a, a whole speech on flow, because it wasn't about me. It was never about me. It was always about what can I do for them to succeed? What can I do to get roadblocks out of their way? What can I do to be sure they have what they need in this moment to do what it is that they need to do? And it comes it, back to you. And it comes back. I came, I had amazing teams. I had amazing people working for me. But Alex, my battery is about to go for some reason. Um, this juice isn't flowing today. <laughs> <laughs> it's all from above. It's all from above. All from Thank above. you so much. And Thank how you. can people get in touch with you if they want more? AceTheSpeaker.com, hashtag living totality. That's where you'll find me. Gail, thank you so much. This was truly uh, a very, very um, blessed experience. And I wish you all the best. I wish the best for the audience. And let's do this again sometime soon. We will. And again, Gail Craft from the Empowering Process podcast. If you love this, give us a thumbs up. Any questions, do put them in the comments. If you know someone who could benefit from this, do share it out. And as always, please subscribe so that you'll know when the next episode is coming out. For now, bye-bye. Bye-bye, Alex. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Empowering Process Podcast. Be sure to visit Gail at gailcraft.com to learn more about how she serves thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and goal seekers. And remember, if you like this broadcast, be sure to share and subscribe so you don't miss an episode.